Good news. My new book is almost here. It's called Handbook for the Heartbroken, A Woman's Path from Devastation to Rebirth. And while it doesn't officially come out with Sounds True until May 7th, you can pre-order it now. And when you do, you'll receive up to $500 in additional gifts and resources to support you on your healing journey. I wrote this book because in the four-year span between 2016 and 2020, I experienced serial heartbreaks that rocked every area of my life, health, relationships, finances, career, social status, and even my very identity. Along the way, I experienced firsthand just how dysfunctional our culture's relationship to loss really is. I saw how we live in a heartbreak illiterate world that's obsessed with success, shackled with isolation, and ignorant of how valuable our suffering can be for our growth and evolution, not only as individuals, but as a species. So this book expands the conversation around grief and loss beyond just breakups and bereavement, although we cover those too, to include falls from grace of all kinds, personal, professional, and collective. This includes the end of a relationship or job, death of a loved one, a natural disaster or a war, infertility, abortion, or a financial crisis. Also, when we're going through hard times, we're encouraged at every turn to hurry up and get on with it. But by trying to power through these messier seasons of life, we're denying ourselves the very answers to our healing and growth. Whether you're experiencing hardship right now, or you know that you have past hurts that are holding you back and still need healing, this book will support you. Handbook for the Heartbroken will show you that it's only through fully turning toward your heartbreak with support, courage, and compassion that you can heal. Within the loving pages of this book, you'll have full permission to fall apart and slowly, organically, find your way back to greater wholeness. I'm truly excited to share this with you. You can download your free chapter now and pre-order the book to receive all those bonuses at handbookfortheheartbroken.com. That's handbookfortheheartbroken.com. I also want to add that pre-ordering the book now is the very best way that you can support me as an author and the health of this book when it enters the world in May. It signals to booksellers to stock the book at that time and in turn, make it available to more people who need it. So thank you for your pre-orders. Thank you for your support. And I look forward to continuing to deepen together in this important conversation over the coming months. So here we are uh, in a really unprecedented time in history. And it's a, um, what keeps coming to me is it's just a time really without, without words. And I want to start going into today some, some mindset practices, some actual some actual practices, um, some lifestyle practices, ways, things, things that we can start to employ to help us to get through this time. I'm going to try to get through as much as I can today, uh, but I, I will be, if, if this type of gathering is helpful, I'm happy to, to do it more frequently I am feeling a sense of of urgency and to really step forward and to to be here 
to be here. We're, we're all in this together. And, you know, some of you who've, who've been in this community, you know that really the past four or five years, I've, I've been in a, an underworld season of life, less and less this past year, but we never really know what, we never really know why things happen to us or why, you know, why, why we have the lives that we have. We just need to trust life, trust life as our greatest teacher. And one of the things that I have seen over this past week is how so much of what I learned uh, about getting through, about making sense of things, about being resilient, about being strong. I, I, I want to share those now because those are the exact things that, that are going to help us as a collective. So I want to start by reading a quote from one of my favorite teachers and authors, Pema Chodron, When Things Fall Apart. And this is a book to um, definitely have by your bedside during times like this. And she writes, life is a good teacher and a good friend. Things are always in transition if we could only realize it. Nothing ever sums itself up in the way that we like to dream about. The off-center, in-between state is an ideal situation. A situation in which we don't get caught and we can open our hearts and minds beyond limit. It's a very tender, non-aggressive, open-ended state of affairs. To stay with that shakiness, to stay with a broken heart, with a rumbling stomach, with the feeling of hopelessness, that is the path of true awakening. Sticking with uncertainty, getting the knack of relaxing in the midst of chaos, <clears throat> learning not to panic, this is the spiritual path. This is the spiritual path. This is the spiritual path. Right now, what we're living together, this is it. <clears throat> so I want to acknowledge that we are in heartbreaking times. We are in very hard times. And this doesn't mean we can't laugh. This doesn't mean we can't celebrate. This doesn't mean we can't um, be happy. All of those things are needed and necessary, as is the acknowledgement that we are in dark, challenging times. We are in a, a healing crisis around the world. I'm here in the U.S. I feel really called to be in the U.S. and the mess that it is. We're, we're in a crisis here medically, politically, economically. And all of us emotionally, spiritually, mentally, and some physically. And as the, the Chinese symbol for danger 
depicts. It's, it's really two characters, crisis and opportunity. Within crisis is tremendous opportunity. And some of you may have, have my book, The Book of She, which talks us through that, the individual map for transforming crisis into opportunity and just the stages of, of letting go and, and rebirth and working with our mind and our inner child and all of these pieces. That, that same template can be expanded out to the macro right now. So any tools that you have for healing individually, for healing your own mind, your own heart, your own spirit, your own body, can now be expanded out for the collective, for the macro. And just, just like with a splinter, you know, if you've ever gotten a splinter and it goes in really deep, too deep to use tweezers or, or sharp object to get it out. You just need to trust the body's healing, healing capacity that, that that splinter will start to slowly rise to the surface. There is an innate um, drive within each of us and within the universe for healing and for wholeness. We're always moving in that direction. So... Things often get worse before they get better. It's always darkest before the dawn. And healing is a messy process. And what has happened for the majority is, is this wanting to sweep things under the rug. Grief. Greed. Fear our mortality, the, the fragility of being human. We sweep the things that we don't want to feel, that we don't want to see, that we don't want to acknowledge under the rug, and we think, well, I'll just deal with those later, or someone else will deal with those later. Well, guess what? They're all coming out now, and it's up to us to deal with them all. And one of the... Um, one of the messages with depression, and I think this, this is a depressing time. Again, it doesn't, it doesn't mean it needs to be all that, but it, it helps to be, to be real, you know, to just be honest about what's happening, not sugarcoat it. One of the lessons of depression is it's a stop sign from the soul saying, stop, stop. The direction that you're going in is you're going in the wrong direction. And that's what's happening to all of us right now. It's this, it's this stop, go no further. And so here we are in this self-quarantine, self-retreat. For me, it, it feels quite natural to some degree. You know, I'm only in just about a week of it so far. If you aren't yet in self-quarantine, if you aren't yet practicing this physical distancing, please do. Please do. Uh, the, the, the more and the faster that we can all do this together, the, the more quickly we can get through this. And we can really lean on each other in unprecedented ways to support, to support each other through this time. 
So here we're being asked to stop. And then all of this stuff comes up, right? Within, our, within us. And then there's an incessant stream of things through the media, through social media, news every day. So it's a lot to process. And we're trying to stay healthy and keep our families healthy with the virus. But it helps to acknowledge that this, this is a, about a lot more than just a virus. Like, I'm not downplaying the virus. It's a really big deal. It's very serious, very serious times. But what's coming to the surface is so much more than that. And like I said, it's a, it's a huge opportunity. And it, it's, it's going to require work. It's going to require work, inner work on the part of each of us and collective, active, outward work. So I'm going to go through about 10 or so things that could be supportive with this self-retreat time. And then I'll lead us through a short practice. The first thing is to harness the power of your mind. Our minds are the most powerful things that, um, that we have. We create life through our minds. And really, in a lot of ways, the spiritual journey, one of, one of the big pieces of it is making friends with our minds and getting our minds on the same page as the rest of us. So acknowledge that there's a choice point right now. There's a choice point. We cannot control the circumstances of our lives, but we can control who we are within those circumstances. So here, it's the vernal equinox. Some places it's the autumnal equinox, the first day of spring. And in a lot of uh, our ancestral cultures, the first day of spring was really considered the first day of the year. So what a beautiful time today to really hit reset and to begin again, even though every day is, every day can be that. Every moment can be that. But if it's helpful for you, you know, as we, as we just kind of got thrust into this, even though it's been a long time coming, we've seen it coming, but we haven't wanted to look, right? <laughs> but really the past week, at least here in the U.S., I know other parts of the country, it's been longer. Other parts of the world, rather, have been longer. Uh, but if it's helpful, you can use today as like a, you know, a demarcation point. To, to help kind of reset within the free fall, within the disorientation. So make the decision who you are going to be in the midst of what is transpiring. Who do you want to be? And some ways that you can start to touch that is like to ask yourself, well, what would love do? in this situation? What would greatness do 
here and now? What would the greatest expression of myself do? Who would she be? And really get clear on that. Write it down. There's, there, there's, there's something that happens when we actually write with our actual hand <laughs> to crystallize things more. The next piece related to that is to set your intention. So whenever I go on a uh, self-retreat, a solo retreat, I always go through these steps to some degree or another. And before I go on that retreat, I really clarify myself, well, what, what is my intention for this time, for this week or these two weeks or this month ahead? And for us, you know, this could be the rest of the year, longer. We don't, we don't know. It could be a few months. We, need, we just need to take it one day at a time and get clear on our intention. Because if I go out into my garden and I plant a tomato seed, I'm going to get a tomato plant if I nourish that seed. So what is the seed that you want to plant in the soil today at the start of, of, this, of this deep journey that we're going on as a collective? Is it a seed of wanting to heal some relationships? Wanting to heal some wounds within yourself that you haven't really had time to because you've been so busy? Is it a seed to be of service to your community? To ask for help and support? To strengthen your connection with your highest power because you don't know how you're going to get through the next week or how you're going to put food on the table for your family or pay bills this month or next month, month after. So set an intention. That's, that's, we have our power in who we choose to be in any moment and what we choose to focus on. Our focus has a lot of power in it. What do you want to cultivate during this time? A lot of, of um, great creativity comes out of challenging times. And most of our great artists throughout history have, have had darkness in their lives. And they've been these alchemists, these transmuters of this darkness into something really beautiful and useful for other people. So... You know, maybe, you know, for me, it's writing. It's like, oh, wow, I have this expanse of time. I can write more. Or painting. Or you decide. (laughs) Planting a garden. So many different ways to express our creativity. What do you want to cultivate? The third thing is, you know, the cross. I don't have one near me right now or I'd I'd hold it up, but the cross in Christianity has the vertical line and the horizontal line. 
And our life's journey is the spiritual journey is really about navigating that intersection between these two lines. Because the horizontal is our humanity. And it's just this three-dimensional reality. It's, it's materiality. And that is, that's what we're being sucked away from right now. It's just constantly looking to external things to make us feel better, even though we know that they never can. Um, acquiring things to make us feel more powerful or more special. But what happens is when we die, we can't take any of that stuff with us. We're born alone, we die alone. None of that stuff matters when you die. And these times are asking us to, to look at death, to look at suffering, to look at grief, to look at sickness, and to give all of these things that we, tend, that we want to stuff in that closet, that collective closet, to give them all a seat at the table. So this vertical journey is, is the ascension. It's the spiritual journey. It's the soul's journey. It's our journey back to oneness. And on the soul's journey, we actually can take things with us. You know, I, we all have our different belief systems. I, I believe that as souls, we, we do reincarnate and we are here to learn certain lessons in each lifetime. So one of the most important questions that we can ask ourselves in, in any time is, what is here for me to learn? What are the soul qualities that this experience or this time in my life are, are really asking me to take on as assignments as my spiritual curriculum as my soul's curriculum here in the earth school in this body of sarah right this personality of sarah right now what is here for my soul to to learn and the thing is that on the, the human experience we we try to run from suffering run from hard experiences as fast as we can but on the, the vertical trajectory, the soul's journey, the soul gets excited. The soul says yes. Because as one of my friends has said to me in the past, comfort teaches us nothing. Really, comfort teaches us nothing. It's, it's when the shit hits the fan that we learn the most, that we grow the most. So in that sense, there, there can be a glimmer of excitement of like, this, this really sucks. This is really hard. And like, there's a, lot, there's a lot of growth available right now, individually and, and as a world. So what is here for me to learn? What are those soul lessons and within that, within the space that we have of spending more time alone and of not, not being so busy, rushing around here and there. As you know, the 12-step the programs teach, it's, it's a time to take a fearless moral inventory of ourselves and of our lives and to really look closely to see, you know, where am I holding grudges? Who have I not forgiven? What do I need to forgive in myself? 
where are areas that I am out of integrity or out of alignment? Where do I need to have an honest conversation with someone or to, to see something about my life that I haven't been seeing before and that I have the time and space now to really reflect on that, to really contemplate that. Not necessarily to have an answer or to find a quick resolution, but you know, sometimes these things take time. Forgiveness can be a long process. Forgiving self and others, taking a fearless moral inventory can be a long process. And we have that space and time to, to do that deeper thinking, which is so crucial in this such, such a quick fix world. And you know, these deeper soul learnings are, are not quick fixes. And, and that's a good thing. The fourth step, whenever I go on retreat or I lead a retreat or, you know, as I'm looking at this time here, you know, in this self-quarantine, who knows, again, who knows how long it will be, is to, to create the container for this new experience. And I, I want to say that... Um, you know, for those, many of us in our lives, we have experienced crises. We have experienced the rug being pulled out from underneath us. Uh, the truth is the rug is, there was never a rug. <laughs> We're always in a free fall. There's really never anything to stand on. As the Buddha taught, it's all impermanent. But, you know, sometimes life seems to be more fixed than others. And this is a time in life when it's, it, we're really realizing how unfixed things are. But all of this is to say that it's important that we give ourselves space to be in shock. This is shocking. And um, to, to grieve. You know, the, the, what shock does, it's like an emotional anesthesia. And it's our, it's our system's way, our very intelligent system's way of protecting us from feeling too much at once. And to, especially after a trauma, to be able to do the things that we need to do to kind of get on more solid ground before the feelings start to come up for us to process, before that shock, that spiritual, that emotional anesthesia wears off. So we are in shock and maybe you've had moments where that anesthesia has started to wear off and you have cried, you have felt, you have felt the bigger feelings. And over time, as we, as we ease into this, the shock will wear off more and more. And it's going to be important to be able to hold yourself and other people in the deeper feelings that are going to come up. And this it's important that we acknowledge that the life that we had, you know, maybe you can point to the last normal day that you had, and maybe some of you are still having normal days and it hasn't fully hit your community yet. But to know that that life is over, that that reality is not going to exist again. So there's a death here, right? And it's, it's shocking. 
it does deserve grieving and or not, you know, maybe you're ready for it. Maybe, you know, it's, maybe it's a good thing that things are changing. It's always mixed, right? It's, it's being human is very complex, but the spiritual truths are very simple. So we take the complexity of this shock of this grief and we, we surround it with a simple container. You know, if you, for those of you who have children and maybe you have a playroom for your children and they might have a basket or a box of toys and when they get into those toys, you know, an hour, two hours later, you can see the room just strewn with stuff. And at the end of the day, you put them all back in the container and there's a sense of like completeness and tidiness and, and all rightness with life. So we want to create a container. Another way of thinking that is you want to, you want to create a new normal, a new normal. But we don't want to be too rigid with it because these are weird times, right? We, we, we need to allow ourselves to be imperfect. And just like those of us who celebrate Thanksgiving here in the U.S., you know, when you, when you go to a Thanksgiving dinner, you might wear pants. You might not wear your tightest pair of jeans, right? <laughs> or like a tight dress around the midriff or, you, you know, you want to have some room to expand. And we want our containers, we want our new normals to give us room to expand because we need a lot of rest right now. We need a lot of decompression. We need spaciousness to process the enormity of this. And you could even decide, you know, one thing that I do when I go on a solo retreat is I, if I'm going on like a week long retreat, I might give myself one or two days, the first two days of the retreat to just rest and to not have any schedule or structure other than I'm not going to, you know, I'm going to be unplugged. I'm going to be in silence. And I just give myself the space to just to exhale. And, you know, you could choose to have a bed day, you know, depending upon your circumstances, just to stay in bed as long as you can. And even just to hang out in bed and read and watch shows and write in your journal and just give yourself a day or two or more to really decompress more and then start to hit the reset button to the new normal. You know, you can even just choose to do that this weekend, for instance, or, you know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And then you're going to want to, um, as you're stepping into this container, before I go on retreat and, and really at the start of every day, I, I give my life over to a higher power. And for me, that's God. For you, it could be your highest self. It could be love. It could be universal intelligence. It could be spirit. But to wake up and give your life over to the care and protection of God. Give your future over to the hands of God. 
Give your finances over to God. Give your health over to God. Give your family over to God. See your family and loved ones surrounded by love, surrounded by protection. See your home surrounded by love and protection. And see this world surrounded by love and protection. So start from with the highest, you know, just the highest possible vision and the highest possible surrender. And before I go on retreat, you know, when I'm stepping away from everything, I always give my life over to God and just say, all right, God's going to just take care of this while I, while I go off the grid for a while. And that could be something that's helpful for you to do right now. Next, you're going to want to create a schedule, a rough schedule. You know, if you look back at your old life, your old normal, you had somewhat of a schedule, like a daily schedule, you know, certain things you knew you did on Mondays versus Saturdays. And, you know, it, it could serve you well to just think a little bit about, well, what is the, what's the new schedule? And of course, that will come through repetition, you know, through living, you know, a week or two or three in this new normal, you'll start to find a new rhythm. But generally, we as human beings, we do the best when we have a rhythm, when we have some sense of routine and, and constancy. It helps to relax our nervous systems. It helps us to feel safe, like just that animal part of us to feel safe. So the sooner that, that you can get on a new rhythm for yourself and if you're with your family, with your family, the better off everyone's going to be. And this way we need, we need to like treat ourselves like toddlers you know, and, just, and, and put ourselves inside of a structure. So some, some things to consider with your schedule. The first thing on that list is sleep. Sleep as much as you can. So back to being a toddler, like give yourself a toddler bedtime. You know, I've been going to bed at like 8 or 8.30 and I've been sleeping a lot. I've been waking up at 8 or 8.30 and let yourself sleep if you can. And I know some people are sleepless right now and that's okay too. You know, we just, we, we just need to meet ourselves wherever we are. Uh, but, but really prioritize sleep. That's, that's going to help us process things the most. That's going to make us the most resilient. That's going to help our immune systems the most. So sleep. Next would be spiritual practices. We need those now more than ever because our spiritual practices give our minds strength. And we need those at the very start of the day. So I know it's tempting to wake up and, and see like what's happening now or how's this person doing? How's that person doing? But the more that we can just wake up in the morning and, and stay in this like self-containment and sit in meditation, even just sit in your bed, sit for 10, 20, 30 minutes and just meet yourself directly. Meet this moment directly. We'll, we'll do some practices with that after I finish speaking. Breath work, pranayama, if you have that in you know, something that, that you know. This is a good time to do pranayama. Prayer. Having that connection to your higher power. Um, reading inspiring texts. Spiritual texts. Whatever your tradition is. Or if you don't have a tradition, there's, there's so many out there. 
exercise. So you don't need to be training for your triathlon right now unless you want to. You know, we can just set the bar super low right now. Um, get outside, get fresh air, get, get sunshine if you can, and, um, and just move your body. Water, water is very healing. And if you have a, a bathtub or even just a shower, and of course, these many times a day washing our hands. You'll want to set up a schedule, obviously, for schoolwork and for your own work. You'll want to set up a schedule also for relationships, um, for checking in with people, for people who are more vulnerable right now with their health, with their age. Maybe they're, they're quarantined alone. This is, this is really a time to be here for each other and to actively check in on people, to ask how people are doing, to set up FaceTimes, to set up Zooms, to, to, be, to be as loving, as kind, as compassionate, as generous, as present as possible with everyone, everyone. And especially the people just that you know in your life, reach out, reach out. And, and again, you get to choose who you're going to be in this. Choose, choose to be someone who, who is a resource, who is a support, who is an encourager. Also consider how you want to give back or serve during this time. On the material plane, we, when we give something away, we lose it. Someone else has it and we don't. But on the spiritual plane, when we give something away, that's actually when we get something. Interesting, isn't it, right? When you give something away, that's when you actually have more. Because in the spiritual plane, it's, the truth is that, that we are all one. We are all one. We are, we are one being. And this virus is, there's many things that these times are attuning us to, but this, this is one of the things, one of the big things that this virus is attuning us to is just how interconnected we are. So one of the most healing things that we can do is just get out of our own way and and, then, and help other people, give back to other people. And maybe if you have financial resources, that's offering that to people who don't. And if you don't have financial resources, maybe it's like I said, offering that emotional support to people or, you know, like we see these videos from, from Italy, singing or creating art for people or just, just what, are, what are little ways that, that you can help to like make life more beautiful right now. So these are some categories that you can consider. I encourage you not to think too much right now, uh, although that can be tempting when we have so much time alone, <laughs> because really we don't know. We're in a time of tremendous uncertainty and we just, we don't know. And we need to keep things as simple as possible to really go back to the basics. 
And to know that if you start spinning out, one of the best things that you can do is just go to bed. (laughs) Just go to bed. And if it's too early in the day to go to bed, put your bare feet on the earth. Or here in Santa Barbara, I'm walking on the beach, bare feet on the sand. And it's really, it's called earthing. And it's a real thing. It's not just, you know, one of these like, spiritual things there's a lot of scientific research about it you can you can look it up on the internet during all this time that we have (laughs) but when there's anxiety and fear and panic and trauma in our nervous systems it it kind of bangs around like a like a pinball in a pinball machine and and when we put our bare feet on the earth or when we put our bare feet on the sand it helps to just drain that energy down and, and gives it somewhere to go so that's also helpful and, and also getting in water, whether that's swimming or a shower or a bath, if you need to just hit reset and, and come back to the basics. So we can also stay in communication about this together, you know, as we, as we start to put our, our new, new normals together, our new schedules together. And um, remember, it, it's not about being perfect, couple of other things related to that is um, consider how you want to engage with the media and, and also social media. And I know it's tempting right now just to stay glued to it constantly, but consider that that is, that's actually detrimental to your mental health right now, your emotional health, your physical health. And as best you can set boundaries around when you're going to check those things you know maybe it's going to be in the morning after breakfast or then in the evening before dinner Uh, but but really try not to to be on it all day one of the best things that we can do for our immune systems is to stay calm to stay relaxed to stay out of the stress response So that was number six, if anyone's counting along with me. (laughs) Regular times to unplug. Number seven is to study great figures in history. So we are not the first peoples, the first generations to go through hardships like this, even though this is unprecedented. Our ancestors have been through great hardships as well. And in deciding who we want to be during these times, we can look at people in history whom we admire and we can look and see, well, what did they do? How did they conduct themselves during times of tremendous unrest? Um, Some examples that inspire me are Martin Luther King Jr., Nelson Mandela, Anne Frank, Aung San Suu Kyi, who was the Prime Minister of Myanmar and under house arrest for many years. And also, I, I feel a strong resonance with the archetype of Joan of Arc. There's a certain warriorship that is needed right now, a real strength of spirit. And you may, you may have your own, but 
read their autobiographies, um, watch movies about them, um, use this time to delve in to delve into these these inspiring figures and to really pull what they did, what they learned into these times. And it's also a time to really celebrate what's beautiful in general. So to make your home beautiful, to and it's nice to be in sweats and um, I have a favorite fuzzy bathroom that I, I love to be in as much as possible, but it's also nice to, to get up and get dressed, to have flowers in the home, to make a nice meal, even if it's just you, uh, to, to read beautiful literature, to read beautiful poetry, to listen to music, and to, to really lean on these, um, the beauty that, it, that is around us and that maybe we haven't always taken the time for. You know, a lot of museums and theaters and things are also putting things online. With this schedule, just like with meditation, um, a meditation practice isn't about keeping your mind totally free of thoughts for the entire period of meditation. That's awesome if that's what happens, although that's very rare. <laughs> Maybe if you're on a longer retreat, it's more common. But meditation is really about how often you can bring yourself back. You go into discursive thinking and how quickly can you bring yourself back to the present moment? Whatever you're anchoring your awareness on, whether it's sensations in your body, whether it's the feeling of breath as it flows in and out of your nostrils, whether it's awareness of your lower belly, uh, it's, it's the coming back that is the practice. And same now with, this, with these new normal schedules we're going to be creating it's it's if you fall off the wagon you know you just you just get back on it with compassion with kindness with non-judgment and you begin again and begin again and begin again <laughs> begin again i mean it's just it's it's just about always being willing to to start over and to laugh about it, right? <laughs> um, number eight is gratitude and keeping your heart open. So we've all heard about the power of gratitude. Now is the time to really literally make your gratitude list every day, either when you wake up or before you go to sleep or both. And to express gratitude to the people in your life. Also, the strangers that you meet who are, you know, behind the cash register at the grocery store or sending gratitude to the heroes at the front lines, our doctors and nurses and um, medical professionals, people who are risking their lives, people who are going into service jobs because they're day, um, on a daily basis because they can't afford not to. To have to really expand our our field of gratitude out and actively practice gratitude, and to keep our heart hearts open. One of the things that uh, has been heartbreaking for me, maybe my whole life, but I think especially the past 
four or five years as, as I've been in a challenging season of life is to feel how close-hearted the world feels. And there's just a, a real emotional ignorance. You know, we do a relatively good job of, you know, taking care of people, acknowledging people's vulnerabilities. Like if there's a, you know, your legs are broken or, or something, if there's, there's a physical, um, there's a physical limitation, but we were very inept when it comes to emotional pain and how, how to be with our own emotional pain, how to be with other people's emotional pain. And this time it's, the world's heart is breaking open. And that breaking needs to happen for the heart to open. So individually, it's also a daily practice to keep our hearts open. And one, there, again, there's so much scientific research about this. And one of the great places to get that is the Heart Math Institute. And really keeping your heart open, the scientific term for it is called heart coherence, is the very best thing you can do for your immune system. You will stay healthy if you stay in heart coherence. Okay, we're going to do a little practice with that as well. Um, so that's number eight. Number nine is just some simple things for your immune system. I know we can go bonkers with buying supplements and, you know, it's just, it's endless and they're expensive and things are sold out and sometimes we don't have the money to buy them or they're, they're not available. So what do we do? Yes, we need to keep our immune systems strong. So this creating a structure, not getting sucked into the news all day, sleeping, meditating, exercising, fresh air, sunlight, keeping your heart open, gratitude. All of these things are going to help. Um, also some really simple ancient remedies, vitamin C. And I've heard some reports from China that they're advocating vitamin C as the best way to work with this virus um, that we know of so far. And they're advocating 3000 milligrams a day. And for me, I, I, I take vitamin C in powder and put it in my water and just drink it throughout the day. You can also take it in capsules, uh, but 3,000 milligrams at least um, spread out over the day. And then gargling with warm salt water and doing that in the morning and in the evening, you can keep a, a jar of salt and a special cup for yourself and each of your family members in the bathroom and just gargle with that salt water. And it helps to keep viruses from going from the throat down into the lungs. So those are some, some simple, easy, affordable things that, that we can all do to help us stay more healthy. Number 10, the last, the last one is to dream. To dream. Because this is a dream. This life is a dream. And at night, when we go to sleep, we live another kind of dream. And through our dreams come messages, guidance for how to live. 
So before you go to sleep at night, really set the intention to attune to your dreams. You can keep a notebook by your bed or a little recording device. So if you wake up in the middle of the night, you can record what, what, what you remember. And then in the morning, you can start to write about it in your journal. Generally speaking, in dreams, everything that appears is a symbol or representation of something within yourself. So if you dream about another person, it's not actually that person. It's actually some part of you. Um, so dreams speak to us through the language of symbols. And the more that we can interpret and listen to the messages of our dreams, um, the wiser that we can live in this particular dream. And I think that there's, there's messages coming through right now for us to acknowledge and pay attention to and not just be so fixated on, on this particular dream. And with that, it's a time to also dream a new dream. So there's so much in the world around manifestation and how can I manifest what I want for my life? And, and I encourage you to think about a bigger dream, a bigger vision. What is my dream for my family, for my community, for my town, for my state, for my country? For the world. Start to envision a new reality for all of us because this old reality is crumbling. The creative process includes the cycle of destruction. And from after destruction and chaos, chaos is also part of the creative process, <laughs> for better or for worse. Um, is, is creation. And spring teaches us this, you know, some, something that I, that I often ask myself is like, well, what would nature do right now? What would nature do? And um, nature adheres to these rhythms. Nature adheres to simplicity. And, you know, if you're in a place where there's a big storm, you just see that the, the trees, the plants, they just, they just brace and weather the storm. So that's what we're doing here. We're in a collective metamorphosis, a collective transformation. And it's messy, it's painful, it's hard, it's sobering. And... Sometimes it's exciting. So let's dive into a, um, a short practice. And uh, yeah, I'll just leave it at that. Let's close our eyes together. And sit up tall. And first start to tune into your breath. And start to bring your awareness to the sensations in your body. Just meeting your body, meeting yourself just as you are right now.
attaching this experience with your loving awareness, nothing you need to fix or change right now, just, just meeting, meeting this right here, right now. Then please direct your attention down into your belly center. In a woman's body, that is our, our womb space or space where your womb used to inhabit your body. This is our power center, our wisdom center. So throughout the day, just keep grounding your awareness in your belly. And then from here, you can extend a grounding cord down from your belly, down through the base of your body and all the way down into the center of the earth. So you wanna make sure it goes all the way down, really deep, all the way into the center of the earth. And this cord could be a rope, it could be a tube, it could be a, like a plant, it could, you know, just use your imagination. It's like your umbilical cord to Mother Earth. Every day we want to wake up and ground ourselves with this connection. And if you're here, it's likely that you are a highly sensitive person. And so likely you are picking up a lot of things from the people around you, from the collective. Maybe a lot of the things that you're feeling right now are just not even yours. So this is a time now to drain out through that grounding cord anything in your body, anything in your energy field that is not yours. And you can just set that command, just release from my body, from my aura, anything that isn't mine. And you can watch it drain down that cord, be composted into the earth. Keep clearing, keep draining. And then you can call from the earth and, and from the sky, Mother Earth and Father Sky, 
for those qualities that you do want to bring into your body, that you do want to bring into your energy field. And let those rise up through the grounding cord. Let those just fall into you through the light around you. Stability. Peace. Equanimity. Kindness. Compassion. Wisdom. Resilience. Happiness. Creativity. Just feel that there are qualities that you want to call in. And then bring your awareness into your heart. Your big, beautiful, tender heart. And imagine that you have a nostril in the center of your chest. Your, your physical heart is in the upper left side of your chest and your, your more energetic heart is right in the, in the center, right below your sternum. Imagine that you're breathing in and out of, of your beautiful heart. Make your breath steady. Again, rhythm is healing. So maybe five counts in, five counts out. Tuning your heart with your breath. And then imagine someone or something that you love unconditionally. Be a person, an animal, a place. And just see them in your mind's eye. Feeling your love and gratitude for this being as you breathe in and out of your heart. And just feel this to the fullest extent that's possible for you here and now. This is our hearts coming into coherence together. And from our hearts, we send a circle of protection and love to surround our homes, our communities, there's loved ones that you want to send this love and protection to. Just envision it going to them. 
and to our world. Sending this love, protection to the world. As you're ready, you can slowly open your eyes. So I want to talk through just, just before we close the few pieces of that meditation that you can do. It's super simple. The first one is just start with meeting yourself directly. Just feeling your body, feeling yourself just as you are. Next, ground yourself in your belly, your power center. Establish your grounding cord with the heart of the earth. And drain out from you anything that isn't yours or that is yours and you just want to get rid of. And then draw into you those qualities that you want to fill yourself up with to make you feel more you, more of your best self, self with a capital S. And then coming into your heart. So bring your awareness to your heart, breathe in and out of your heart. And then you can also call to mind someone or something that you love unconditionally as you breathe in and out of your heart. And that will make your heart beat more regularly and to, to expand its electromagnetic field and that will boost your immune system. It will help to lift depression. It will just make everything better. And you can do that in five to 10 minutes. But I encourage definitely morning meditation first thing, and then little periods throughout the day as much as we can. So I am here. I am here and um, I'm here to support you in any way that you need. If you, um, I offer private sessions, sliding scale. If you I want everyone who needs support to be able to get support. You can email me support at the way of the happy woman.com. I'm starting up my podcast again, she talks, and that has a lot of Dharma talks speaking to these darker times. I like, I like to um, extract wisdom from the darkness. <laughs> seems to be my, my theme to create beauty from the chaos. And I'll be uploading some new Dharma talks on there. So that may be helpful. I'm going to be sending out regular emails with things that I hope are helpful and inspiring. If you're not on my email list, you can join that at thewayofthehappywoman.com. I'll be leading more of these community calls. And I'm also starting up my um, online women's spiritual practice community again with very steep discounts. It's something that I've run since 2010. This was the first year that I thought I wasn't going to be doing it uh, but I feel like we need it now more than ever. So that is coming soon, um, maybe even as soon as the first week of April. And it's a time for us to come together and, and do these deeper practices as a women's community. And, you know, we're all in this together. 
So we will get through this. And we don't know how. We don't know how long it will take. Uh, but our togetherness will get us through. And love is what will get us through. So when in doubt, just remember love heals. Love will prevail. Love is the only thing that's real. Everything else is just a hallucination at the deepest, deepest level. And that's, that's where we need to go during these times. All right. Well, much love to all of you. And um, we will stay connected. Okay. <laughs> stay safe. Stay well. And um, God bless you all. Bye.